Hey guys, it's Bill Dawes. Welcome to the After Laugh. Applause, 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 applause. <laughs> We've had a little bit of a break. I'm here with uh, my producer, Tommy Wakefield. Hey, y'all. What's your handle, Tommy? I feel like I never plugged your, your handle. Oh, it's uh, just Tommy Wakefield, but uh, instead of field, it's FLD because field was taken. And you haven't contacted the person and been like, listen, motherfucker. I just, I'm I don't trying know. to blow that sounds up. like a lot of work. Yeah. And we also have a, a, a person who I've just met <laughs> Della Temple and I and I think I came across Della Temple because I read an article I think it appeared on a Facebook feed and it said she's the real life version of HBO's crashing that's such an embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> why is that embarrassing I don't know just really cheesy but really embarrassing but I'm <laughs> grateful that anyone wrote anything about me in general yeah you know, no, that's great. like that so so uh so let's talk about that because I, I was very intrigued by the fact that you you literally couch surfed. Yeah, yeah. So how did that how did that come out? You were in Texas. Yeah, I was in Texas and I uh, was like, I want to do stand up comedy because I like visited L.A. and I saw, uh, ironically, Brody Stevens. I saw Crystalia and then Sebastian like doing stand up. Yeah. And I was like, I want to fucking do that. So what about theirs? Was it like, oh, that's my humor or I can do that or that's a magic trick that I want to learn? It had literally like never been introduced to me in my life, like other than maybe when I was like 10 years old and like I saw Bill Cosby doing stand up. But it never it was never introduced to me before. It was never like these are stand up comics or you should watch this because this is funny. I didn't even think of it as like a profession. Yeah. And uh, I I uh, researched the inner. I was like, what what to do in LA or whatever. And it's like the comedy store. And I was like, cool, comedy, awesome. I was already like making dumbass like comedy videos online and uh, didn't even think about stand up. And then I was like, I think I'm going to go to the comedy store. And I went to the comedy store and I saw specifically those three people. And I was like, holy shit. Just yeah. like it, was, it changed my life immediately. And like the guy who I was dating, last guy I dated five years ago. <laughs> at the time was uh with me and i looked at him and i was like i want to do that yeah and then a year later i did it at the comedy store and then did that end the relationship when you're like moving from texas <laughs> or was that the idea that you want to do comedy i mean that's a complicated question the Why ending really? thing is yeah. that what you said the relationship so you're ending? with this guy yeah at the show yeah uh and you're like this is what i want to do yeah and was he supportive of that uh, I think he, w- he was more of like the kind of guy that like wanted a woman. He was a really good guy. Uh, probably like the last good guy that I've met Aww, in my life. Welcome to Los Truly, Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he like kind of, I think he probably would have wanted me to be the kind of person that would have like laughed and then been like, oh, let's have children and have like a life together or whatever. Not like, I want to do what those dudes are doing. Talking yeah, about yeah, their yeah, dicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. How long were you with this guy? Eight years. Eight years? Yeah. yeah. And you weren't engaged or no. anything like that? No. Yeah, you were taking your time getting to know each other a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't do, yeah, no. I think eight years is, a, is like, if you can be with someone for eight years and not be, I'm amazed how that happened because I feel like as a guy, you're always like, oh, I gotta, gotta <laughs> do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't put pressure on people like that. And was your family, uh, is your family, because you're from Texas, where in Texas are you from? I'm from Dallas, Texas, but I grew up in a town called Poetry, which is out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Poetry. Is that one of those big football towns that you no, see? No, it's literally like a population 800. Like, I grew up on a quarter horse ranch. Oh, wow. In the of nowhere, yeah. So your dad has the guns 
<laughs> the gun collection. And yes. Is he like yeah. old school? Like, hey, so what does he think about you? No, doing? like he doesn't have like an accent or anything. My dad was actually a, a bank robber in Kansas City. He like what? worked for the mafia. Yeah, he wrote a book Let's about it. Let's hear that story. He yeah. was a bank robber. When did you find out he was a bank robber? It, he was, uh, he went to prison for five years for it. He was, a. Uh, it was before, it was uh, before I was born, but he robbed banks in Kansas City. He worked for the, worked for the mafia, but he couldn't be part of the mafia because he wasn't Italian. Yeah. But and so he was a bank robber. Yep. And then he got caught. Yeah. How do you, how does someone rob a bank nowadays? You go like <laughs> with a gun in your pocket. Well, it like, wasn't hey. nowadays because my dad is now seventy. <laughs> so it was like probably in I don't know the sixties, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he'd been doing it for a while. That's amazing. Yeah, he did it for a long time. Is this something you talk about in your act at all? No, I've never. T- I've literally never talked about it before, like publicly, other than right now. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I think that's amazing because I think at the end of the day, everyone wants to like have street cred, even like white <laughs> people. We want like street cred. That's why I think J- Joey Diaz is so big because Joey Diaz was, uh, I guess, he was a bookie and he just posts on Instagram where he goes, "This is a guy I kidnapped 30 years ago." Yes, I saw that. And he's and it's. <laughs> It's funny because people come from all over the world to see him at the comedy store. Like, oh, my God, Uncle Joey. I get to see Uncle Joey. Yeah. Because he's like the equivalent of like 50 cent <laughs> for like a, uh, like an Italian guy. I always – my dad doesn't know anything about stand-up, and he doesn't like watch it or anything like that. He's just like old school. But he – I always thought when I like watched Joey's stories and stuff like that, I was like, my dad would love this shit. Because yeah. he just like – He's probably they've probably rubbed elbows with the same people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like your, no joke. Has your dad seen you perform? He did. the 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 only time I've performed in front of my family was this last December. Uh, I did like a hometown show, and I got extremely sick as soon as I landed. And uh, my mom thought that she was giving me antibiotics, and she was giving me hardcore painkillers that she had gotten from my grandmother. America. So I was out of my mind on painkillers, and I also had pneumonia. Yeah. So I was like, "What's up?" <laughs> and I, cu- it was, it was bad. It, it was, was probably <laughs> the worst set I've ever done. So you bombed. <laughs> I didn't bomb because it was like my family, like they gave me ha-has, but like I didn't deserve them. Oh wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was fucked up. So that's the only time he's ever seen me. So he didn't get it, and he probably wouldn't even get it if I was like crushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> but I don't know. I always find it's, it's very interesting how parents react to their kids when their kids want to do stand up like for me I, I think I was already an actor so they'd given up on me <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't a big deal and then and then I was always worried what am I going to say because all my materials and then they saw me uh, at a show I was watching the audience I was opening for Tim Allen and every dirty joke they were laughing so fucking hard <laughs> I was like they're a bunch of dirty freaks anyway so um, <laughs> so you're you were this isn't what year when you started in 2000 17? Uh, You're brand new, right? Yeah, it's I've been doing it three years as of December. Yeah, so that's, that's still kind of. I'm sure everyone's like, "You're a baby. You just started. <laughs> you, you haven't found your voice yet." Yeah, well, you, the main the main question is like, like that I actually like kind of hate, but like I respect the question, but I also am like, "Fuck off! I don't want to hear it anymore." It's like as soon as you start, and you're like, "Oh, I do stand up." They like, especially dudes, like not to like shit on. Of course, dudes, please they shit always on dudes. Go, Oh yeah, how often do you go up? Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, fuck off, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the time. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a real big thing that goes on in the stamp community is that people want to be they're very pr- protective of the little community of comics. They yeah. want to like just shit on 
everyone who they don't think is part of their clique. Yeah. Do you, is there a moment? Do you feel like you're in in the clique now, or do you feel like? No, I feel like I'm in. You feel like you're yeah. in. What What was the turning point for you where you felt like, okay, I'm accepted, I, I've turned a corner. Um. I think I don't know. I just like hang like uh, hanging out at the hanging out at the comedy store. Yeah, like, I started um, doing because I was like, I know a lot of these guys, like the door guys, at the comedy store and shit like that, are gonna be. They were never like dicks to me, but they were always like kind of intimidating to me because I'm like, some of these people are gonna soon be like huge comics, like in sure. the world. They're gonna be huge in the circuit and all that kind of shit. And uh, I was like, I want to get to know these people, and so I started doing like. Uh, little ticket jobs for like uh, for like bringers and shit like that at the comedy store so I'd like to be the ticket girl because uh-huh. I was like if I'm the ticket girl I'll get to like see these people a lot and they'll get to talk to me and like know my personality know that I'm not a dumb bitch that's like just <laughs> you know has Instagram followers or whatever the fuck so she's like saying she's a comedian puts in her bio because she's done stand up one time and uh, so yeah I was like I wanted to I want to get to know these people. So I did like ticket sales at the comedy store and that way I like got to know all the door guys and like the servers and all that kind of shit. And I was like, once they, as soon as like they got to have a conversation with me, you know, I'm not a fucking moron. They were like, all right. And I was like actually really surprised at like how quickly I was accepted. Yeah. That's cool. Cause you put the time in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that, um, you talked about like dudes, did you <laughs> have any moments you have to name names, but were any, were any moments where like guys were, really shitty to you or someone in the scene at the because co- i don't really do the comedy store that much mostly because the first time i went there brody stevens again had a had a he got in a fight with uh don barris from the stage and they were like screaming at each other <laughs> going to the <laughs> pieces of shit and that was like my first time i'm like i don't know if i want to come back here it feels like it can be a very aggressive <laughs> energy there is that something? And I know that, like, and I've I've also talked to a lot of women who've like I was doing comedy and I quit because I was being treated like shit, which is you know I don't know we're all kind of treated like <laughs> shit to a degree. But have you had an experience like that where you were like you had to f- sort of face something that you were like okay, someone's being shitty to me, I have to deal with this. Uh, I mean I don't I feel like I'm a, like I'm a, a little bit sometimes like I watch like w- like. I don't really even want to say women. I want to say people, but like mostly women's like reaction to some things. And I'm like, like women that I respect. And I'm yeah. like, maybe I should like give more fucks about like stuff like that because yeah. it, uh, it looks like that person is like standing up for what they believe in and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But like, I really, I'm just like, I don't, the, it takes like moving the earth to like bother me. Like yeah. I just don't, I don't give a fuck. You can be so, it's so bad, but you can be so like, sexist and misogynist fucking all that kind of shit like i just like don't care like it doesn't it doesn't i'm not like especially i don't know like having conversation with me once you like get in i feel like i just like i'm there and i'm not like i'm a woman and this is a man i'm just like shooting i don't know it doesn't that kind of stuff it doesn't really i don't know it doesn't really happen i mean i've with the exception of maybe being uh like aggressively approached by people but that doesn't offend me either i'm like I'm just going to keep saying no until I die, <laughs> you know, like whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, maybe with the exception of maybe being like aggressively hit on a lot. Yeah. Uh, by like specific people and like it being no, no, no. But I'm still not like, oh my god, I'm so offended. That yeah, this person. Is I'm like, so offended. You asked me out. How dare you? What yeah, the fuck? It doesn't. I don't care. I'm like, okay, this per- I can just say no until I die because it's a no. <laughs> but I don't. It's still flat. It's flattering. Like you know, one of these days I'm gonna be super old and like nobody's gonna want to be doing that. So <laughs> I can appreciate it for what it is now. Now I want to talk to you about you. Uh, you said you were doing comedy videos before you did stand up, and this was on Instagram or what was the the platform? Uh, yeah, it was on Instagram, and then it it felt it uh went to Snapchat. But I was never like one of those like internet video people. I just like kind of made my own shit, and then like um, and then like I gained like a little bit of a following on what I had. But I was never like one of the internet comedians. Okay, you like, weren't like one of the Vine people. No, or no, no, no. Like no, no. Where like a girl walks by in yoga pants, and everyone's like moms be like and no it was never like that i was never one of those i never made any like income off of it or anything like that but it definitely like sparked my mind yeah 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 and so these were basically like a minute because the whole instagram i know a lot of people who've gotten like really big instagram's kind of like the game now i feel like i feel like it is and and you also get an industry look look they're not going to cast you if you don't have an instagram follow and then comics meanwhile are like annoyed at people who develop a huge Instagram following for their comedy uh, content and they feel yeah. like oh they don't deserve it they haven't been through the through like a lot of comics come to the show actually remember that and they've, they've been like I hate these fucking Instagram people who come up. so that's nothing you've had to deal with either obviously because you kind of came in the right way but I want to talk about when you um when you started uh, it seems crazy and there are probably people listening to this who want to do stand up but the idea of like I'm, you just packed up and you moved to L.A. with your boyfriend at the time, or did you? No, 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 no. no, no. 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 And uh, w- the decision to do that was just you saw that show with Chris Lee and Sebastian Brody, and you're like, that's it. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Like, most people wouldn't have the courage to do that. So that takes a special kind of person that is a stand-up comic, probably, to do that. And I feel a lot of people want it. Everyone knows, like, I want to do stand-up, but I just haven't, like, da-da-da. So what advice would you give to people who are like looking to do it but are a little bit intimidated by the transition? Dude, I never I never know ex- exactly what to say with that. That sounded like a demon. Oh yeah, th- there's all sorts of crazy noises <laughs> in this. It probably was a demon. But that really sounded like a demon. Yes, yes. There are some <laughs> demons who live here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how to uh when people online and shit like that say you know, I want to try stand up like what advice would you I'm like I just you just have to get on stage because there is there isn't a person that could possibly be more I hate to admit it because it kind of like makes me have like less points because it makes me sound like not like a baller or whatever but like <laughs> it there's nothing that has scared me more in my entire life yeah like, than like starting that shit I was like I would literally at the beginning like I would drive like be on the way to a show driving to a show and I would think to myself like not in like a suicidal way, but like if I were to like mildly crash my car, I wouldn't have to get on stage. You know, yes, yes. like I would really think that for real. <laughs> That's how scared I was. But I there's also like beauty in the you know doing the thing that scares you the of most. Of course. Then like I got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. uh yeah, that's just kind of the way that I thought about it. So it's just like fucking go go to an open mic. Just get yeah. on stage. Just go, go to an open and mic. And your first show was at, um, was it the comedy store? Dude, my first show was at the, in the fucking original room of the comedy store on a Monday night. Which, like, potluck. people who don't know, the potluck show, yeah, Monday, I, that was the first time I did a comedy. 
And uh, it's three minutes, right? Three minutes, yeah. And they're pretty. I remember the light. The light. I don't know if it still is, but it was on the far left. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And yeah, I was on for like th- all the time. three minutes and twelve seconds. <laughs> and some little guy, he's a pretty well-known comic. I don't want to say, it, but he goes like, "Dude, your time's up. Get off stage." <laughs> like that's how he said it. Just like a total dick. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, yeah. Oh shit. So you you had the, did you have your three minutes planned out? No, I didn't. I actually, uh, I'm friends with, which has given me, I'll preface it by saying, has given me literally zero, uh, like, one-up in the world other than this specific night. Like, there's no, it's never been like, oh, I knew this person, so I got, like, on other shows or whatever. Literally just this specific night. I've known uh, Scott Shore, who's Polly's brother. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a really good friend of mine. And, uh, well, he, I met him as soon as I moved out here. He was a, he was a friend of this like crazy girl that I knew (laughs) and he met me and was like, we just kind of hit it off or whatever. And he just became a friend of mine. And, uh, as soon as she introduced him to me, she was like, Della wants to do stand up, and I hadn't done stand up before. And ever since then we like got each other's contact and it was like, when are you going to do stand up? And he said, when are you going to do stand up? I can put you on at the store, uh, on a Monday night, whatever. And I was like in my on the inside i was like i'm not fucking ready obviously i'm not ready at all oh my god but on the outside i was like fuck yeah put me up totally you know what i mean so i uh i got uh off work and i fucking ran to the comedy store you have between the offer of it and then doing it was two hours two hours so that same day (laughs) yeah two hours and you had not written down a set or anything like that no like, I had wow. no idea what I was doing. I, like, literally open mic. Like, I hadn't even gone to an open mic yeah. in my life. Like, so not how'd that go? What'd you talk about? Uh, I talked about... Uh, the only thing I can remember talking about is Justin Bieber. <laughs> and uh, something to do with, like, the bad hats that he wears. Because I'm a big, like, anti-hat activist, basically. And uh, I talked about the hats he wears and, like, something about... Some false statement about having wanting to have sex with him. And <laughs> I talked for three minutes and I didn't, like... I can't even believe it to this day because I, I, even to this day, I wouldn't be able to like watch myself do that because it would be too painful. <laughs> but like, I didn't eat shit, which is awesome. So you got laughs. Yeah, like I definitely, hundred percent, definitely got laughs, which is like wild. Which is also for the OR people who don't know, that's a, that's probably one of the hardest rooms, in the main clubs in in uh, LA for sure. Yeah. I mean the potluck spot especially. Because it's mostly just comics in the back, and the real <laughs> crowd is barely even filed in yet. Like, there's maybe 10 people. Yeah. There. Yeah. This was actually for whatever... I don't know. I actually think it was early. I don't know what the fuck was going on that was on my side, but, like, it was actually, like, packed. Which, to me, I didn't even know that that was, like, a good thing, really. I was just yeah. like, I'm gonna... I don't know. Never been more scared in my fucking life. But, yeah, I just had, like, a little premise, and then I just, like, went off of it and talked for three minutes, and... And you did well. People laughed. Yeah, like I didn't crush, but people laughed. And I was like, what the fuck? And then like the guy that was the, whoever it was, I don't know who it was. I know most of them, so I really don't know who it was to this day. But he like, I said something about wanting to fuck Justin Bieber, which is not even true. I was just like nervous and it was like part of my set. And then when I got off stage, he goes, every woman in Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. And they all clapped and I was like, (laughs) fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. That's all. So the, after that, you were obviously hooked. You're like, this is it. Totally. I listened to Africa by Toto like four times in my car. And then I was like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. 100%. That's amazing. <laughs> and at this point, you'd already made the commitment. You packed up all your shit in your car. Yeah. You drove out here. Yeah. No place to stay. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I found this girl. Yeah, I found this girl named Sam and we kind of were just like homeless together and like ran around town. We got some Airbnbs and like I stayed on people's couches and then we got a one bedroom apartment in Koreatown and I slept on a pool float for the first uh, like seven months that I was in L.A. That's amazing because when you're <laughs> one day when you're big and you're on like the Leno show, oh, I guess Leno's done now. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Jimmy Kimmel. I don't fucking know. That's a great story because everyone has, wants to have that like, hey, I, I mean, Jamie Kennedy used to have a story about living the in his Leno car. Show. I know. I'm so fucking old. Uh, if you, I wouldn't have known. If you wouldn't have said anything, I'd have been like, yeah, totally. I have no <laughs> fucking idea. I haven't had TV in so long. Didn't he have a Leno show too? <laughs> yeah, that was during the weird Conan incident. Oh, God. All right, so you were you did, <laughs> and this so did you, you, what were you doing for work? How were you surviving? Did you save money to do this? Yeah, I worked. Uh, I worked two jobs seven days a week for the first four months that I was out here without taking a day off. What type of jobs? Uh, one of them I worked for this magazine, which I won't even mention the name. It was kind of uh, it was kind of like Playboy, but they were just super, super dumb and fucked up and awful. And then I worked for I worked. What did you do for the super dumb and awful semi Playboy? <laughs> I uh, I was their social Hustler. media uh, their social media like <laughs> person. So I was in charge of like reaching out to like Instagram models and stuff like. I was in charge of like every post on all their social media and all. That oh kind wow of shit. wow. But the yeah the boss was just like psycho and abusive and it was just like the craziest fucking the craziest instance but i would get off of that and then i would go work at this restaurant that this restaurant that was literally called spitz and uh they served like shawarma uh -huh. and i worked at spitz for a really long time and that's what sustained my life for a while yeah and how about now how's it ha has uh are you now a paid regular at the comedy store is that something that I'm not a paid writer. That's, that's the dream. That's I'm not the dream. there yet. Which will happen, obviously, you know. Yeah, I think it will. I'm delusional, but I think that, no. I think well, that it look, definitely will. In order to do this field, I think we all have to be a little bit delusional. And actually, to be in L.A., I think there are <laughs> a lot of delusional people who become very, very successful. So that's I don't true. Think that's, a, that's a bad thing. Um, I think if you can't see it, then it's, like, not ever going to actually happen. So I've always just <laughs> been, like, if I believe in this is 100% going to happen, as insecure as I get in my life which is ridiculous i'm just like i'm not going to do anything else you know yeah yeah 100 percent. how about acting is acting part of the dream as well i've never done i've never done acting before i've uh my the last show that i had at laugh factory actually um there were some producers in the audience and they con they reached out to me and they i'm working on writing a pilot now because they're gonna like it. I, I realize pilots oh. like sometimes go nowhere which is like most of the time yeah, but, but it's amazing. cool that like they're financing it to happen they're basically just like whatever you do it and then like create it and then we'll like pay, basically pay for it to be created which is amazing yeah and that's gonna be the first acting I've ever done in my entire life is like being in that pilot so is this this pilot the idea is yours and you came up with it and you yeah. pitched it yeah that's all really the amazing. writing are you allowed to talk about it yeah, I do. they haven't given me any restrictions, so I can't get in <laughs> trouble for it right now, at least. Uh, yeah, it's just like about my my like str like the struggle story, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so they, uh, th so because that's always interesting thing, the idea of like you had to pitch it, you had to go into a room mm -hmm. and pitch the pilot. You were on your own. Did you have someone that you were working with when you pitched it? No, it's this situation is kind of weird because they are basically just like. 
giving me it's almost like a little bit too much where I don't have any direction mm. <laughs> they're like just do your thing because we think that you're funny or whatever yeah and then I'm like okay well then maybe when it's a finished product they'll pick me apart but like so far everything I give them they're just like yeah let's I'm like okay whatever but I don't know you never fucking know with shit like that but I'm just excited for yeah of course <laughs> Tommy's leaving now um word well that I mean that's pretty basic the thing that's everyone's dream is to have a story about themselves that they pitch. Yeah. And great. So uh, you just been writing drafts and you send the drafts and they go, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Is there a date to start production on it? Or do you know? No, there's not a specific date. I just, the one, one of them is uh, working on some sort of like Sundance type shit and they're out of town until the end of March. Uh-huh. So I've kind of given myself like the end of March. I should probably have like most of my shit together. But yeah. like so far they haven't been bossy about any kind of like deadlines whatsoever. But I'm kind of like giving myself a deadline because like, I want to be impressive. Yeah, you know? of course, of course. So. And how, does, how do you go about writing? Because I feel like the, the process of writing a pilot, I'm assuming, is it multicam or single cam or? The way that I was envisioning it at first would be like like mul- like a multicam sitcom yeah. is the way that I was picturing it. But like they immediately were like, we could pit like we could pitch that if that's what you're like really dead set on. But like your personality and humor in your story is like too dark for like network television. <laughs> so like, and they want it to be network. They're looking, f- they're looking more for it to be like, I don't know all the lingo. Yeah. Whatever. Like, in, you know, Netflix and HBO and all that kind of stuff. They're looking more towards like that than it being pitched towards like it being a sitcom. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So, um, that's that's very fascinating to me because I, I I've pitched stuff before, and every time I go in the room, they're always like, "Yeah, cool," and I never hear shit. <laughs> so that's really impressive that you're doing that. Now I, I want to no also ask you about like as as a woman in comedy, what is what is do you feel like the experience of being a woman in comedy is sort of been uh, particularly challenging? Do you f- do you feel that you have to uh, modulate your your material based on what's happening now in the in the political climate? Do you feel the type of thing like? In terms of what's happening with Me Too, do you feel like a responsibility to sort of speak about that? Do you avoid it? Uh, and I'll say for me, from my own experience, I always feel like as a straight white male, <laughs> I kind of have to. Uh, and there are people who go, oh, it's so hard to be. I don't think it's hard, but I also feel like it's something I have to address so that people right away don't go. Well, people right away are going to be like, okay, that guy's a douche. <laughs> and then I feel like I have to reverse engineer from douchiness to make myself more vulnerable. Do you feel like as a woman, as an attractive woman, do you feel that you have to knock yourself down to kind of make people not hate you? Is that something that occurs to you or you go, uh, or is it that thought out? No, I, that, that last statement, I totally, I actually, I do get what you mean with that last, with that last thing. But, uh, other than that, I mean, I don't like, I, I feel like, w- like, being a woman doing this like in my experience the only difference is like i don't know like so, like some dudes think like dudes in comedy maybe ones that haven't like had all of the opportunities will think like oh you've got boobs so you probably get like booked on shows that you don't deserve and stuff like that yeah which will happen like once <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. never it's it doesn't if anything a lot of times like networking i will say like probably networking is easier for me like i'll meet people easier like i'll become maybe friends with like bigger people more quickly or whatever but like as far as like getting booked on shows and shit like that i almost think that that like 
uh, I almost think maybe it might even be on the side of it being a detriment because it's oh, like, really? yeah, because, because it's so like anti, it's so like, especially because this whole business is about like your brain and all that kind of shit. It's like, uh, what do you say your brain or your brand brain? Brand. Like for like for example, like when I had an Instagram, like I got a, like a little bit of a following on Instagram before I deleted it. I had which is nothing to this city. What does that mean? Day and age. Followers. I had like having like a like some followers, like more followers than like some people. Yeah. I had thirty thousand, which is not not anything crazy whatsoever. But like, um, in comparison to like some like comics, especially like where I was, which was like two years in. Like, I feel like it was almost detrimental to, even though it's not anything crazy, like I said, it was almost detrimental because it was kind of like, fuck you. You're not like some Instagram girl that's going to get on my show. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, versus what the latter would be, which you, what you would think would be like, oh, you follow her? Like, let me get you on this show, whatever. It was not like that at all. And then I, like, fucking deleted it. Why'd you delete it? I deleted it because those people it drove me insane <laughs> drove me fucking insane i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna be like gerard carmichael who's like one of my favorite comics i was like i'm gonna do no social media whatsoever i can fucking do this and i was like fuck it and that i was off it for like three months and i like got a flip phone for a while and all that kind of shit Whoa. and then i was like i can't remember what oh the reason why that i got back on it was because every person that was interested in representing me or every company or whatever was literally like you need an instagram get one and i was like all right (laughs) so i did and uh but now i have like a smaller following i feel like people take me more seriously and it's like better for i don't know yeah and you do have representation now i don't have representation now no i've got some people that are like talking about it and then like people wanted to why i just did uh, stand up in London and there was like people that from here that reached out to me in how London. That, how, actually I'm going to be performing in London April 7th if anyone's listening. Where? Um, oh, fuck the name of the place is Cardigan Hall. I've heard. It's a, th- it's a theater. Apparently it's a it's a I don't know it's a big theater. I'll be with Maz Jabrani but um. Word. Uh, what would you say because that's for you at, at, at two years in to work in London which is sort of a lot of people's dream. I mean, it's always been my dream to work there. How did that happen? How'd that come about? That happened. <laughs> that happened honestly, not because I'm not, be- not from being cool and experienced. I just <laughs> kind of like Jim carried myself and like reached out to a lot of different clubs out there. Oh, you just emailed. And like, the first, time. the first club that I reached out to was top secret comedy, which I've been told even by assholes that I know who would never give me any credit whatsoever <laughs> that it's the best club in London uh-huh. and they immediately got back to me I just like sent them a bunch of articles and shit like that from like my hometown and all that kind of stuff and like immediately Top Secret got back to me and they were like we'll give you this amount of time whatever and then like when I got there they just like it was like being pulled from one room to another just like on stage on stage and it was fucking amazing it was amazing yeah uh, yeah it was amazing definitely different like humor yeah I was about to say what, what was the big difference between the humor uh, like I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's more like uh I feel like if I describe it, it's going to sound like insulting, but it's not I'm not meaning it in an insulting way at all. In my opinion, it's more like like they're into more like cartoonish humor, like being more like stuff that like I kind of feel like we would describe as like hacky almost. Sure. They like roar at. Yeah. So Give an I example was, like, of a joke that you do that murdered there that you feel like if you did it here yeah, maybe it wouldn't. You know what's really weird is like I didn't actually I don't I don't tell a lot of jokes. I'm more of like a storyteller. 
but I have this one I have this one joke that like killed there and I couldn't believe it because especially because people like not like massively differently but like people dress a little bit differently there they're like more bundled up and a little bit more like uh like put together i guess yeah so they're like more accessorized so i was actually really worried about this joke because i said earlier i think we were on i can't remember but like i'm not like a hat person like i'm weird about when guys wear hats and guys and girls but especially guys because like that's what i'm attracted to but uh they i have this joke where i say um I'm, like, going down the road of, like, dating and, like, being, like, uh, that I'm, like, that I'm really picky in certain situations. And I say I swiped no to this guy on Bumble the other day because he was in a, because he was in a picture with another guy who was wearing a fedora. And then I say, you are who you hang with. Yeah. They fucking thought it was so funny. And I was like, that's insane. Like, I can't believe, like, it does well, it does well here or whatever. But, like, I thought specifically that they would, like, go silent on it. I really Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they fucking died. And I was like fuck yeah dude i love london yeah but i've always been told people from london who have seen some act they go right anything that is deemed it's almost i've heard it was it's almost like an ultra pc comedy crowd there so if you do anything that can be deemed as racist like against black people whatever uh you'll get like banned like it's it's really yeah i've heard that from a bunch of people i used I, i went to New Zealand for the comedy festival there and uh, I have all these jokes <laughs> about like black people but they don't really have black people in New Zealand so I, I changed <laughs> it to like uh, uh, Samoans or something like that and then I would get hate mail <laughs> saying like hey be careful with that Samoan stuff you'll get your <laughs> ass kicked you should go back to your country like See, the nicest people on the planet like giving me hate mail is hilarious I haven't heard anything about the about like racial stuff I haven't heard like opinions on that but like I have heard the other side I've heard that like in London you should go away which I don't really not even like a personal thing I don't give a fuck like I'm all you know I drop f-bombs all the time I don't know if conversation offends me but like my stand-up it just doesn't come naturally to me to be like super dirty. Yeah. I just, I don't get like super dirty sexual and stuff like that. Like I say dick and all that kind of stuff, but like, I don't, I'm not like raunchy, yeah. but like I've heard that like in London, they love for it to be raunchy. Really? Which is interesting to hear that about the race thing that they're like super weird about that, which is funny. Yeah. I know there are a lot of crowds that like you can do anything sexual, but the once it's cause sexual, you can do anything sexual and it doesn't sort of like, transgress the pc world but race is still apparently the third rail in london comedy that's where wow so I have to completely <laughs> rejigger my set i'm sorry reach african-american my set uh <laughs> to to make sure that they don't they're g- i'm a little bit nervous about going actually as a matter of fact. so you were there for how long i was there for nine days nine days and you just spot 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 i was no i did i did shows that i was doing i was doing another like i i'm not i'm not a baller i'm not a baller comic yet i was out there for work and i got to do spots at night so i was what was the work still living that world i'm a nanny during the day so you had the the family was out there that you work with yeah oh okay yeah oh so you're able to I think that's a. Gr- I think that's awesome that you that you're a, a nanny. It's yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's better than like slanging tables at a restaurant. It's it's served me better than any any bullshit job that I've done out here. Yeah. Um, well, I th- I think that one of the things that I I wanted to talk to you about too, because a lot of comics come out here. First of all, we love to complain. Comics love <laughs> to complain about shit, and so many like my neighbor, 
at Mia Mars. She's always talking about like, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Complain about how she has no money. I'm like, well, why don't you get a fucking job? <laughs> and so many people think that getting a job is sort of antithetical to living the life as an artist. And I think that's ridiculous because I think that's actually how you, it, it gives it meaning. Well, I don't get, I don't understand how people, because I've had bills since I was like 19 <laughs> years old. Like, I don't understand how people, my buddy, uh, I won't even fucking say his name, but like um, my buddy who's doing really well right now comedy wise but like he's not like made it yet yeah. he doesn't have like a day job he just lives in his car and he does and he does his shit and he's doing so fucking well he's gonna be the next chris rock but like for right now i don't understand how people don't i don't understand how people don't do shit during the day so that you can like sustain what you're doing like i've had a credit card bill since i was 19 i have a fucking car payment i have car car insurance i have so many things to pay for yeah. it would be awesome to just be like i'm gonna chill in this ditch and do <laughs> comedy at night like i'm a little too bougie for that but at the same time like i've thought about it for real but i wouldn't even be i wouldn't be able to make my my phone bill is 150 dollars. like i yeah. don't know how people do that well i think that there's a lot of people who um first of all the big secret about stamp comedy is a lot of people are being bankrolled by their family and by their parents. Wow. And, and must oh, <laughs> so many people. <laughs> and they kind of make it seem like, oh, I, I make my living as a stand-up. I'm like, do you? Do you really make your living as a stand-up comic? Yeah. Um, and that can be that can be really annoying. But it doesn't. at the end of the day, you have to be undeniable on stage, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. So uh, what, um, what was the first joke that you had that you felt like, this this is the keeper. This is a joke that I'm going to hang my hat on. I know you hate hats, but <laughs> I'm gonna. This is a good foundation for because I think the first joke that I ever did that got a huge laugh was about spooning my girlfriend, and it was just like a simple joke about what to do with the arm, and it was a big physical act out, but it worked, and it, and it annoys me to no end that if I'm headlining. And people getting a little uptight about some jokes, race jokes or sex jokes. Maybe I come across as misogynistic or a little bit not as left-leaning as people might want. If I go into the spooning joke, everybody's on board, and I fucking hate it. It's like my <laughs> first, it's like my first joke that always works. And then also joke where I say, and I I want to punch myself in the face every time I do it. But I go, <laughs> I go talk to a black girl. Go, hey, you know they say once you go white, your vagina stays tight. And the, and the, I mean I can body surf out of a room <laughs> when I say that joke. I'm like, and it gets me it's so funny. angry. It's I mean, funny. I don't want to like, I don't want to shit on it because I was proud of it when I made it, but I hate the fact that there are certain jokes that I, that my first jokes were the jokes that like still get the biggest laughs. So what were the jokes that you sort of started off with that you still have? Do you remember? Oh my God. I like, I'm so, this is what makes me feel like a fucking alien from outer space. Like I don't, I don't like do... Is I every set different when you go up there. It's just all I got a new story. I got a new it's story. not. It's not like I'm just fucking. It's not like I'm like being Lil Wayne and I'm just like going off the top of my fucking <laughs> head. But like I don't. I don't really tell. I don't really tell jokes. There is one. I mean, I can literally derive like maybe one joke from every set that I do, which made me panic in the beginning because I was like, I can't be a comedian because what the fuck am I doing? 
there's no way this is the way like this is this is no way people operate like I don't know how to do like a bait and switch or anything like that I've never but then like once I did it more and like I didn't fucking I didn't like um and like I did you know sometimes you do well and sometimes you do shitty but like I you know do well and like want to keep going I was like, well, maybe this is not the way that everybody does. Maybe some people do it differently. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's, I'm trying to think. There was one in the beginning, the very first show that I had that wasn't a mic. Uh, yeah, it was just one big story. There was just one. My very first, my very first set was one big story of how I went to this restaurant and I was meeting my friend. And uh, she wasn't there yet. And I was like, I get like bad social anxiety and I was by myself. So I had like really bad anxiety. And um, the waiter came up to the waiter came up to me to like greet me and to like pour my water. And the waiter goes, hi, well, and he was like a really good looking waiter. And I like go all through that or whatever. It was like one of the best looking guys I've ever seen in my life. I don't yeah. know why he was in this restaurant. It was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> but I was really nervous and I'm already nervous around men in general because there's no men in my family other than my father. And he's so weird. <laughs> and so the waiter approaches the table and he goes, hi, well, and before he could get even to the middle of the word welcome, I shouted welcome into his face because I thought that's what he was saying. And for whatever reason, that was my reaction. And that like did really well. And I like got that beginner's luck or whatever. And then like I used that set a couple of times. But like I have two battings. I don't know. I don't. What is the anxiety about? Is that something that you're is not to be that to pry, but here we are drinking in my yard. Uh, <laughs> is it something that you are on medication for? Is it something that is an actual crippling thing in your life? I'm not, I'm not medicated, I'm not medicated, no, uh, it would be, I mean, I've, I've taken, like, Xanax and shit like that before, but, like, yeah. I can't imagine being on Xanax all the time, Xanax is amazing, and it makes me feel like I'm a candle that's melting, yeah. and it's awesome, but I can't imagine, like, actually taking that and, like, being a productive member of society, Yes. so I've never, like, ventured down the route of, no, I'm just, I don't know, I'm fucking, um, an anxious weirdo I have a lot of stuff like that's constantly on my mind that's like driving me insane and uh sometimes I feel like I'm more secure out here doing what I like want to be doing yeah. than I was like back home because that was like I didn't really know that much of who I was and like those people didn't get me as much so let's back up to that so you grew up in Dallas and in this in a, on our farm you said yeah so were you like tending <laughs> chickens and goats and shit there were no goats. There were chickens. Yeah. But we, uh, I moved out of that. Like, um, I moved to like a more like a more like suburban area whenever I was like, mm, like 12 years old. So I got out of that. I like lived that whole life and I got out of that. And then we still had like a ranch. So I still, my whole life, I mean, my, still to this day, my parents have like a, and your parents are still together. No. Okay. Yeah. They got separated. I think like eight years ago, my yeah. dad was, you know, bank robber, Kansas City, all that kind of <laughs> shit. He was a big misogynist and he cheated on my mom with her best friend Whoa. Um, and also every woman in the world. But we're, I'm still like very close with all like we're all so I would fucking take a bullet for anybody in my family. It's yeah. a very weird, dysfunctional thing. But like we're all still very close, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. I find like there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of female comics uh, that I've interviewed and that I know that are from Texas. I don't know if that lends itself to being a comic because maybe it creates some sort of wild west independent i'm on my own type of mentality but there <laughs> are a lot of female comics who've moved here from texas yeah and i don't know really what that's about 
So when you were in high school, um, what type of kid were you? Um, you were just were you like a weirdo? Were you like a recluse? I I was uh, I, I smoked a lot of weed, a ah. lot of weed, and I sold weed. And this is like when Whoa. it was like majorly you can't even have it like you can't even have a gram of it in your car. And in Texas, <laughs> it's still probably very illegal, right? It is still it's still illegal, extremely illegal. But like you can have like if you get pulled over with like. I don't know what it is like two uh, two uh, grams or something like that. You're okay. Yeah. But back then it was like if you have any, you're fucked. And yeah, I was just like a big stoner. But like I don't even know if it was because I was enjoying it. I think it was just because other people were doing it. I was always just like really nervous and anxious. And like guys never liked me. And like um, I fucking I f- but I fit in like weirdly with like a lot of different groups. Like I was I was in theater, but I didn't. I was like friends with like the stoners, and they were like, "Why are why do you want to be in theater?" And I think it was just because I had this like thing like beating inside of me that was like, "I want to be in the entertainment industry," but I don't yeah. really know what I want to do and all that kind of shit. But like, even like even like in theater, like I didn't like rock it. I was just kind of like figuring. That is such a weird thing to like backtrack on. Like thinking, <laughs> even thinking about high school. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Jesus, thank God I'm not there anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, regardless of like the youngness and like having so many years out of you, I'm just like, I don't, I would never want to be there again. Yeah. It's the most like crippling. I love just being like this age and being able to like be yourself and literally like say what's, what you're feeling. Yeah. And like, I feel like. I don't know, like, I have, a, I have a little sister who's kind of a fuck-up, and I'm really mad at her right now, but, like, <laughs> she grew up in this day and age of, like, all this internet shit, and, like, yeah. these, like, videos of these kids being, like, be yourself, and, like, express yourself, and whatever, and, like, you can, at the click of a button, like, see any stand-up in the world, or, like, any YouTuber in the world, and all that kind of shit, and it, like, kind of helps your mentality of, like, figuring out, like, what you want to do, or, like, how outspoken you want to be, or, like, you, like, hear, uh... You know, I'm weird and I like to fucking, I don't know, like eat cake at two o'clock in the morning. Like that's a weird example. But uh, but like you'll hear like someone make a joke about them wanting to do that too or liking to do that too. And it like makes you feel like at home. But I didn't, I didn't have any of that shit. So I was like, I just felt like a fucking weirdo all the time. Mm-hmm. And like I always was a weirdo all the time. And so it was just like, what am I going to do? Join a theater class, obviously. Yeah, course, That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then I was just like a stoned weirdo. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I you were doing plays? Like you were acting in plays? I did pl- I did plays, but not like, I don't even think I made that many of them because I was too high. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I, for real. Like it's, it's sad because Are I- Are you no longer on weed? No, I don't do it anymore. I'm not against it, but it makes my back hurt. What? I know that's it's so weird, but it does. And I've like looked it up and like other people, there's other people like me. Wow. You know, because I have really bad back pain. And one of the (laughs) anecdotes propositioned me was doing weed. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't know why. Because like I know like it's a pain. It's supposed to be a pain suppressant is the word, I believe. Yeah. I also I don't know. It makes you it gives you man boobs, which is why I might. But I'm I'm, I'm new to it. <laughs> it's only been like four months because everyone said you should do it for your comedy. It's good for your comedy because it helps you think in weed less linear fashion. Now you mentioned the show back home, your hometown show where you were fucked up on painkillers. <laughs> Have you had any shows out in L.A. where you just 
bombed because I feel like bombing stories are interesting because they really <laughs> sort of they they really reveal the heart of a of a comic and I think that you have to sort of bomb pretty badly in order to find the resolution to continue forward. Yeah. Any, have you had any sets in L.A. where and I could share my my bombing story, but if you had any sets where you've were like, what the fuck am I doing? Like what? Oh my god, yeah. I like. What was the worst one? Oh my god! Go into the detail. The Make first, it sexy. <laughs> the first, uh, the first time I bombed was early on, mm-hmm. which I think is probably good because I didn't like. I, I mean, you know, you almost expected day, the bomb. Yeah, I don't. I don't have that like glowy thing about it where I'm like, oh, this is gonna go fucking go well. I'm just like, this could be the worst day of my life. So <laughs> if it's not the worst day of my life, then it's a good day. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was, I got, uh, fucking, I, I had, like, kind of beginner's luck, like, the first show that I, the actual, first actual show that I had, uh, I did really, really well, and someone came up to me, and they booked me for a show at this, uh, gay club off of Santa Monica at, called Mickey's, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, you know, awesome, let's do yeah, it. I, like, it was I'm, like a, I'm a natural, yeah, I'm a yeah, like, I just crushed, so I was like, fucking, yeah, let's do it. And I had all this, like, confidence and all this kind of stuff. And then, like, I went to it. Uh, and it was an audience. Not only, like, was it just not an audience of people. It wasn't, like, a giant audience of people. It was very few people, as it almost always is. But it was all. It was also no one was uh, straight. It was mostly lesbians. The first row was lesbians. And then, like, the second row of people was um guys that were waiting to go on to the drag queen show which was like in a couple hours Mm -hmm. and then like a row of just random gay guys at the end and i know it's not like blame it on the audience or whatever like you should just be able to crush in any (laughs) but it was i my whole set was what i talked about a little bit earlier was like the whole heterosexual situation of like me walking in like this guy being this waiter being super hot and then like i welcomed him and da, 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 all this kind of shit and like it was the whole entire setup was like just like straight 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 straight, straight. straight. and it was like <laughs> it was and, and and that's what also made it more of a nightmare is like i didn't have like it was more of just like a long story versus like there weren't even jokes thrown in to where I could like get those laughs. So it was like, they had to be waiting, 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 waiting. And then it was just like nothing. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever, I hadn't been even fucking doing second, it for that your second long. Time. Second time I'd ever fucking been doing. Yeah. Ever. Or no third. Cause I did, I did random shit comedy store OR. And then I did this show, which was the first show I've ever done at flappers. And then the third show I've ever done in my entire life was at this place called Mickey's. And it was, like, the weirdest, like, the stage was, like, it was for drag queens, so it was built, like, a runway. <laughs> so it was, like, tiny, and then it, like, went out, yeah, like, yeah. straight. And my whole thing, like, I had to, like, my whole thing was, like, act out, so I had to, like, pretend like I was in a booth and be, like, all slumped <laughs> over and shit like that. So I needed, like, a fucking stool. They didn't have a stool. It was, like, you're at the end of a runway, which is, like, a foot wide, and so, like, you're doing your whole set on this, like, little tiny platform. It was a nightmare. And, like, the first joke didn't land. My whole, you know, it's just, like, your whole you don't even goes. know. Like, you don't even know how it, like, these days I'm, like, yeah, I would fucking rather not deal with that. But, like, I've dealt with it before. And, like, I'm more, I feel like I've fucking grown hair on my fucking face now. So, I'm, like, <laughs> I don't care anymore. Like, fuck you. So, 
it doesn't matter but like that i had never experienced it before so like you fucking say it and it's supposed to like kill and it doesn't land no one even moves and you're just like a wave of anxiety washes over your body and you're like fuck yeah and then like you have to keep rolling through it or else you're a little bitch because you can't just like run off stage sure so it's just like da 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 and like the next thing and then no one even moves their face and you're just like ow and then like you go on and then like you say something else and no one laughs and then finally i got to the end of it and i was like cool and then i got off stage and i went to the bathroom and i looked at myself in the mirror and i was like are you gonna cry are you gonna cry and then i was like no fuck that and i went onto the patio and i just like sat there and drank a beer and i just like looked out into the distance like this and the person that was producing it walked up to me and she was like yeah you just gotta you just gotta punch it up you know and i was like totally and then, like for the next like three months of my life, my like in my nightmares, someone would be going, "You just gotta punch it up. You just gotta punch it up." And I was just like, "God damn it!" But yeah, that's the. I'm glad though. Th- I'd rather it happen then than happen now. Like I've yeah. had shitty, you know. But did you have people approach you from the show afterwards? Do you have anyone? Did you? Yeah. 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 What did they say? Were they just be like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah." Uh, they're like one of the best stories I heard about bombing Tony Rock who, who talked about this on this podcast he you know obviously the big elephant in the room is he's Chris Rock's uh, younger brother and he did a, a show and he's a beast I don't know if you've ever seen Tony Rock I haven't seen Tony Rock he's probably the only comic in LA that I don't want to follow I'll follow Dave really? I'll follow Delia. I don't care Sebastian doesn't matter but Tony Rock when he's doing the crowd he endears himself in such a way that it's really remarkable um but he talked about he was doing this crowd work and these people were heckling and he lost because he says the problem when you when you bomb what what's happening really is you're losing control of the audience because it sounds like Mm -hmm. what happened with you is if they were quiet that's great they weren't like shut the fuck up get off stage fuck you whatever um so that's good at least they were like (laughs) being polite but he said people were like walking on the stage, like "fuck you, you whack as fuck." And when he was done with his set, he actually walked off in the middle of the set, and he walked off. And Shard Small was like, "You can't leave. You have to sit in the lobby. This is like stand up to New York. You have to sit in at the bar, the lobby, and take it. You have to sit there <laughs> as the crowd comes up. You have to fucking be a man, have your drink, and just fucking take it." So everyone came out, and they're like, "Oh, look at that motherfucker's whack as fuck," and he. He got heckled in the lobby after the show. <laughs> and then he went outside to go home to Brooklyn. And the same group was on the same subway. So he was like in the subway platform. Like, that motherfucker, he's wacky shit. That motherfucker, fuck that motherfucker. And then he got in the train and they were in the car with them. And they were heckling him the whole time all the way to the end of the line in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. But he also says that's the moment where he was like, I'm never going to let that happen again. Yeah. Yeah. And you watch his set, and I've, he his adroitness at at handling crowds is really unparalleled. And probably, it was made in the crucible of that terrible bomb. So that that the silence thing happens. I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? Have you ever had a situation where have you had the heckler thing happen to you yet, where people have said shit, you've had to deal with them? 
Not bad. Not bad. No, I've had some frat guys like woo and stuff like that in the middle of it, but I've and fucked with them. But I've never had anybody be like, "Fuck you, bitch!" Or <laughs> never. Yeah. Not so far. No. Yeah. Uh, but I can't imagine that being worse than like deafening silence. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I, d- I, d- I do shows and if there's silence. People go, "Well, they're listening." I'm like, ah, that that's not what I want. I don't want it to be a TED talk. <laughs> I want people that I would rather be offensive to people and have them be mad at me than just sit there and listen to me. Yeah. Which it's so it's so awkward. Yeah. It's so awkward and sad. <laughs> but it makes you, you know, that was especially like that was more like so early on. Um it was like one of those shows. Obviously, it was so early on. I was like so fucking nervous to do it in general that like yeah. I'm thinking about which way am I going to crash my car in order to not have to do this anyway? And then eating shit on top of that, but driving, you know, driving away or whatever the next couple of days after that. Yeah. I think about eating shit, but it's like, I feel so much more like I can take so much more after that. It's like, yeah. I don't so give since a fuck then, anymore. since then, uh, have you had, is stage fright thing that you worry about? Because you said you had social anxiety, or do you not have it anymore? A lot of people ask me, "Are, are you afraid?" And I, and I still get a little. Not, I don't know if it's stage fright, but sometimes if someone's killing before me, I'll be like, "Oh, I'll kind of start pacing about and do, do like breathing exercises to kind of." Mm-hmm. Uh, do you are you do you deal with stage fright? Does it happen to you? Or are you yeah. really at the point where you're like, "Fuck it"? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not towards totally. And how do you handle your stage fright? It's so much better now than it was. I can't even believe that it's. Do like you have Do you have m- m- mantras in your head or breathing things or tricks you do to get? You're past just gonna it? die anyways. <laughs> We're all just gonna fucking die anyways. So you make yourself so completely existentialist. That's why I got like I literally have thought that my whole entire life. It's why I've got every shitty tattoo I've ever gotten. I have a tattoo <laughs> on my neck. I just got that in January. I thought I'm just gonna fucking die anyways. What's the point? Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel now. But it. You know, it's more, it's preferable that you like kill, but it doesn't like destroy me anymore. Yeah. And like, that's the worst feeling ever is uh, like destroying you. Yeah. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't get to where I like want to crash my car before <laughs> I go on, which was a hundred percent truthful. I'm not even like fucking around. Like I literally was so scared of it that I wanted to like crash my car beforehand. But, uh, there's something like weirdly in my brain, like there's something weirdly enticing about that. Like what's the heart, like to me, what's the hardest thing I could possibly do? Yeah. Uh, and like something about Mia that Mars. is just like so enticing. So yeah. Yeah. At Mia Mars, my neighbor, Mia Mars. What's this? Promote the show. I'm on tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Mia Mars is on a show called drag Kings of comedy. Hell yeah, dude. Lori kill Martin. There we go. Mia Mars, Alessandro, very cool, <laughs> very cool. At the dojo, good for you, Mia. I love it. The dojo is that Sycamore Tavern? The yeah. dojo? Yeah. I'm doing a show there on March 14th in my underwear. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask. I think I, I think I saw that. What is the deal with the whole underwear comedy scene? I don't. I've never done it before, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a way to make. This is a female producer and. She reached out to me, and I feel like it's been happening it. a lot. There are a lot of shows that involve nudity or, or scantily cladness or PJs or something like that. <laughs> Do you think it's a, a, a method to make comics more more vulnerable? Yeah. Well, that's the way that I immediately like defined it. 
was a vulnerability thing. Is it sort of like a body positive type of message that women are trying to promote on the show? I didn't get that vibe from this show, but that would be cool. Yeah. I would be down for that. I never even, that thought never even crossed my mind. I just thought if we're in our underwear and we're doing like one of the most vulnerable things you could do, they're probably just trying to scare us into making us feel more vulnerable. Yeah. So, which does, but. So you, I mean, look, you just talked about stage fright. You must be nervous to do that, right? To a degree. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, but as long as I have like time in advance, like if I were to have to do it tomorrow, I would cancel. (laughs) (laughs) But if I have time in advance, I can be like, I'm going to eat salad until then. Even if there's no (laughs) physical difference in my body whatsoever, in my mind, I'll be like, you're prepared. And like, I'll think that I'm all right. So I'm not like that worried about it because I have time. Yeah. But do you have any yeah. jokes that you already have geared up li- about the <laughs> fact that you're going to be in your underwear? <laughs> no, I don't. I haven't even thought about it. There was uh yeah, I'm not even like heavily promoting that specific show because I don't want there to be anybody creepy there. Of course. <laughs> well, that's also something that I think is interesting about women on social media. I, I think that uh, it's really easy, particularly with Instagram, to be a creepy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully I'm not accused of being a creepy guy. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure I've been creepy. I don't <laughs> think I've done anything crazy, but just a little bit like, hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> you're funny. But um, uh, do you? F- is that something that you worry about stalkers and shit like that? Is that something that you've had to deal with? Yeah, I think anybody anybody. Probably anybody with a vagina has probably <laughs> had, to do, had to deal with, like, weird shit like that. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, fucking, I thought that all that stuff would be, like, cured whenever I, like, deleted my Instagram. I have fucking, like, a thousand followers now on Instagram. Like, it's nothing anymore. And it's, but it's still, like, very weird. Uh, but. And people can just go on your Instagram and, and, and I don't know, I, you can just send, like, a dick pic, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I've, yeah. I've had, I think. Crystal Marie was on it and she was like oh my god I get like 20 dick pics a day well of course she does <laughs> but I'm also kind of like is 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 that a thing that guys still do it's, it seems like mm-hmm. such a bizarre like haven't we figured out that it doesn't work it's not an effective means no they of don't figure out that it doesn't work they don't figure that out do no. you think these people are mentally ill or do you think they're no. just like like dudes are just dumb no they're just people that are dumb I yeah I did like at one point in my life like I had the the, like the biggest social media following I've ever had was on Snapchat uh-huh. and I was getting 50,000, like 50,000 viewers a day. Wow. And like I would get dicks all the time, yeah. all the time, constantly. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't like, I don't understand like what the, I just figured most of them maybe like, maybe they're really young and they don't like really get it yet. But then it wouldn't be people that were super, young. I didn't, I don't really understand. I don't get it. I really don't understand. Because, yeah. like, not all of them are mentally challenged, like, sure. you know. So I could forgive, you know, 10% of them. But, like, the other 90% or whatever, there's no way that, like, all of them have something mentally wrong with them. Yeah. They just, I don't know. I, I think I think for men, and I haven't sent a dick pic in a long, long, long time. But when they were fresh on the scene in, like, 2008, mm-hmm. when they were brand new, I think there were people that I was flirting with or... And I kind of would make sure they said, uh, "It's like, dick pic, you want to see, or whatever it was," and uh, and obviously it was very stupid. I feel kind of dumb that I did it, but I just I'm so blown away that people still do it. 
And it's now, I think it's now illegal. It's considered, um, not a hate crime, but it's considered harassment. It's so hard to actually, like, pinpoint people for that kind of shit, though. Like, it's, yeah, it is, but it's, like, I've fucking, I've, not for them sending shit to me, but, like, I've had people, like, I've had my iCloud was hacked. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, I had people hack my iCloud, which had, like, almost nothing on it. But, like, boobs from when I first got boobs in, like, 2012. And, like, people have been, like, tr- like vigorously trying to, like, hack my iCloud. Like, you, I'm fucking... People... Who do you mean people? Who are I have people? no idea. People that follow me online, I guess. Like, people from... Oh, wow. uh, the last person that hacked it was, like, someone from the UK. And even something like that is, like... There isn't that much that you can do these days, even though there's like laws against it and stuff like that. There isn't that much that you can do because you have to like, you know, it takes money to like take someone to court. Even if you don't know the person's name, then like there has to be like an investigation and like all that kind of shit. Even if you know the person and their name and where they are and like kind of stuff, you have to like take them to court and show up and show up and show up and you have to like get a lawyer and like all that kind of stuff and like you have to find somebody that gives a fuck about like representing you in this matter and all that kind of stuff so most of the time i would say like 95 percent of the time it just like goes unnoticed the laws don't really like protect anything because like i've been i've been fucked by that and it's just like there there wasn't in my opinion there wasn't really any point i wasn't like yeah i don't know wow that's fascinating do you have any people that do you have any sort of fans that come to every show Mm mm-hmm they come to every show that you do <laughs> and they just wait and they go, Hey, and they, yeah. yeah. Is that cool to you? Or is that something that's a little creepy? No, there's definitely been something that's a little creepy. Like I think, I mean, yeah, it's really cool. And I always try to like take time and like talk to people and stuff like that, especially cause I'm no one yet. And like, I, I love the fact that like people come out to anything, but like, uh, yeah, there's definitely some that are like, so what are you doing after? And like, when are we gonna? And I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> yeah. This is so fucking weird. Uh, and it gets really weird. And it's like, I don't, that's one of the weirdest things about stand up too, is like, you're literally, even if you were like trying to fucking be like an actor or whatever, and you're like in movies and shit, it's not like you're like, I'm going to be at this place tomorrow exactly. night. This is the address. This is the time I'm going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, at one point, like two years ago, I literally thought about like, I wasn't actually going to, but I thought for a while about like safety wise, like quitting. Cause I was like, this is, wow. it's scary. Like once you, was get, there something like, specific that made you think that? Yeah. It was, there was a couple of like, th- like people being threatening and then like the same person showing up to a couple different oh. shows and stuff like that. And it was just like, what am I doing? Like, is this important enough to be like, I'm going to be at this spot this night, this many nights a week, blah, blah, blah. And like, I could just be doing something else or whatever. And I yeah. thought about it for a while. And then I was like, guess I'm just going to risk my life in like 50 <laughs> cent it, whatever. I don't care. Oh my but God. And yeah. By threatening. They were like, they were like, how threatening is threatening. And uh, now I feel scared for you. If you don't like, uh, like you should, you know, if you don't, uh, one time somebody said I was just, or they'll be like, or they'll even be like, uh, I just saw you at blah, blah, blah. Like someone said the other day, like I was like, they were like, I just saw you at Fat Sal's. Like, will you go out with me? Uh-huh. And I was like, I just said no that I'm dating someone, which I'm yeah. not. But I was just like, I'm dating someone. And they were like, uh, fuck you. I'm going to be at your next show or whatever. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and like they know what my next show is because it's like the next thing I post. 
But I mean, you know, fuck it. What am I going to do? I guess if somebody yeah. shows up and murders me, then it's like, oh, wh- what else am I going to do? I want to work at Wells Fargo in <laughs> fear. Like, there's nothing I can do, you know? So, yeah, whatever. I, I mean, you know, just to make you feel better, I can't remember the last time a woman has been murdered from a comedy show. That's true. You know, that's true. I mean, maybe it's happened. I've never heard of a story about that. Well, after this, <laughs> you might be the one. I um, do think about, though, there was uh, the girl on. I get my shows confused. and It's not comedy, obviously, but like uh, she was from one of those shows like American Idol, but it's not that. And she was one of like the finalists and a guy like became obsessed with her like through her YouTube. And then he met her. Uh, and, and she was even like, oh, my God, yeah, it would be amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, he saw her at the, like, reunion concert or whatever, and he, like, went up. It was, I think it was in, like, 2017. It wasn't that long ago at all. And she went to give him a hug, and he shot her, like, three times. And I always think about what? that because I'm like, what was she supposed to do, though, you know? Like, was she supposed to just oh not do that? How come I haven't heard about that? Well, yeah. She died, I'm assuming. Yeah, she died. Oh, my I God. I can't remember what show it was it was one of those ones like that but anyway yeah that's it but it's like what was she supposed to do like wear yeah, a bulletproof there's nothing you can do there's to prevent that do. not go after your dreams work at wells fargo wear a fucking bulletproof vest everywhere you go for the rest of eternity and like uh yeah i think he it, like his statement even whenever he like did it he like did it because he was obsessed with her and he like wanted to like be with her and he didn't want anybody else to be with her and then like when it's he said that when he was doing it this is so dark and morbid and this podcast just got so it. dark and morbid but when he was doing it he literally thought right before he did it he was like should i do this because of how sweetly she like greeted me and just like open arms was like oh my, oh my god. god like let me give you a hug and i've thought about that for real like even though i have no following whatsoever obviously it's, it's fucking stuck with me i've thought about that you know uh the last time i was at the store in la jolla i had like more fans than i've ever had in my life out there and like a bunch of, it was just like a bunch of like random dudes outside in the dark yeah and they're like Duh, like giving me hugs and stuff like that and i'm just like randomly hugging dudes in alleys yeah and i was just like how safe is this shit you know yeah how worth it is this but at the same time What's i don't know alternative you could get fucking gunned down in some safe building so whatever i yeah, guess you just sure. have to go for it do you feel that because you started, you started the stand-up before the Weinstein and all the Me Too stuff. Do you feel mm-hmm. that things have shifted either in your professional or personal life since then? Do you feel it's gotten better? Because I've heard some people say, oh, nothing's changed. People, people that were gross and disgusting and creepy are still gross and disgusting and creepy. Do you feel that people try to give more respect to you as a woman? Or do you feel that nothing's changed? No, I think it's a little better. Yeah. I do. I definitely think it's a little better. Yeah. In terms of people being less overt by it. It's crazy because like... A little bit less dick pics. Even... Yeah. Even... I don't know about the dick pics. <laughs> but uh, even even from a standpoint of like... I mean, I've ever fucking every... Every, you know, boss. Every... I've worked at so many restaurants and shit like that. Like I've had, re- I've had bosses that grabbed my ass and fucking told me that... Uh, I wasn't going to get my paycheck unless I came to their house and all different kinds of shit wow. like that. So much of that shit since I was, since I started like yeah. so much, but it's crazy. Cause like until some, like what, what was crazy to me about that and like, 
yeah, there's multiple stories where it's like, fuck that bitch because she was either a liar or she didn't, um, there's a lot of crazy bitches that tell stories like that. And like, there's a lot of ones that I don't agree with. Like the Z's Unsorry story. I think that yeah, she Yeah, I think that was a big I, touchstone. For it was, a yeah, it was just ridiculous. But a lot of them, 99% of them or 95% of them, in my opinion, were like, oh. And then like, whenever all that shit happened, I was like, I don't, <laughs> like, I literally, it's so dumb, but I like thought to myself, I don't have to live this way. Yeah. Like for real, like it, it's. Like, or, like, this isn't something that I deserve or was, like, born into. This is wrong, what I'm, like, feeling, you know? Yeah. Which is crazy to me. But, yeah, um, there's definitely, I think people are, like, watching themselves more, for sure. Yeah, Which yeah. is awesome. Um, I don't think that everybody should be scared. I think if you're, like, an asshole and you do bad things, you should be scared. But, like, at the same time, like I said, I'm, like, I'm so not politically correct and, like, I don't get offended by anything that yeah. sometimes I think back to myself, like, Della, come on. Like, you should have been a little, a little concerned about the way all those people were speaking to you. Yeah. But, well, I, but I think that's, like, endemic to the society. A lot of people just said, well, this as a woman, a characteristic that you're kind of, a lot of women are bred into is the idea that you have to be agreeable. Yeah. And so when men treat you like shit, you're like, I'm going to smile and grin and bear it because that's how I've been raised yeah at least for my generation you know so weird yeah this got really dark but i love it so let me ask you this the next you're 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 doing clubs around you're working booked rooms do do you bring shows mics what is it what are you looking towards for like 2019 like what do you do you have like goals do you have a vision board there's something you're like this is the next step for you i know you have the pilot which is amazing and a huge accomplishment don't don't denigrate that. That's a really yeah. big deal. Um, but what what's next in terms of do you see yourself as being a road dog, going on the road more? Or do you think of yourself as I just want to get into the major rooms here? Yeah, so last uh I'm about to I'm about to turn twenty eight on the fifteenth of March mm -hmm. and I always kinda like set goals like each year. And uh don't worry, no one can hear the helicopter. We're outside, <laughs> so sometimes so you're like, what's the fucking sound? Last uh, last year, my goals were have a show in Arizona because I had like a little bit of a following in Arizona. Oh, you were just in Arizona, right? Yeah. And how'd like, that go? Did a lot of people show up? Uh, yeah, a lot of people showed up. It was, uh, I did well. Like I did, um, yeah. It was I a headlining well. weekend or one night? I or? was a headliner. I was the headliner. I didn't realize that until I literally arrived, which was really cool. And how many shows was it? Um, it was just one. I was only it? had one show. Okay. Yeah, it was really, it was, it was really fun. It was cool. I'm blessed. And so how many people like showed up to the gig? Like that were just Della fans? I don't know. I asked the person that booked it specifically just cause I wanted to know, but they didn't give me the number. And then once I got off stage and I, and like I did well, I didn't even want to know after that point. I didn't yeah, want to like exactly. cry. I was yeah. like, that maybe this would like change my mood and like make me not as excited about it because there wasn't like a lot of preparation. But I don't fucking know. Like I don't know, like thirty maybe. That's big. I mean, that's not where you're from. So it's yeah. Not like a hometown. I don't know. That's pretty. You know, a lot of people. The the key phrase people engagement. So if you have a, a small Instagram following now, yeah. if the engagement is that high, that's actually really remarkable. Yeah. But 
Yeah, that w- I, my goal for fucking for being 27. Before I turned 28, I was like, I want to do a show in a different country. Mm-hmm. I want to do a Texas show because that's where I'm from. And then I want to do an Arizona show. Yeah. And I did all three of those things. So, uh... So you're done. Nothing left. Next, <laughs> twenty-eight. I want to film the pilot. Mm-hmm. I would love for some. I would love for something to get picked up. Obviously, sure. Because I'm a human being, and um, I want to travel. Yeah, I want to like. I want to go on the road. Have you approached sure. headliners about opening for them or featuring? I haven't. No, but like that's my next step. There's definitely like. There's definitely two people which i will not name that are like oh, big can't name them comics i can't are they men or women men both of them interesting okay uh yeah one of them one of them is a little like i was so on board with like I, i'd already gotten the yes for like a couple of shows but it's just another one of those people that just is a little too i want to take you on a date and I'm like I don't want it to be about this yeah so that's like the struggle with like that of kind of course, stuff because you're course. like oh it's like many you know like I've said in the fucking very beginning it's like many guys are like oh well you have boobs you probably get more opportunities but it's like at the same time you don't talk to somebody and they're thinking about having sex with you instead of fucking yes you doing stand up you know what I mean yeah so like you might get the opportunity to talk to that person earlier but that person will want to have sex with you until you die (laughs) yeah but if they're talking to some dude they're not ever gonna that's never gonna cross their mind they're just gonna take you seriously so like there's always that struggle but the other one has never been sexual whatsoever and has always been amazing and like i'm ready to fucking ask them so that's the next thing on my list i just want to go on tour with someone basically for well, like at least you, you do have days. a form right now we can give a shout out maybe i could talk to some people you don't know <laughs> maybe we'll hook it up is it chris D'Elia? he's a friend of mine it's no. not chris D'Elia. I, lo- I love chris though he's not chris D'Elia for I, sure. I i will say this for for young comics i do think that uh younger comics should just approach headliners i approached when i was i'd been doing it for two years i approached uh jamie kennedy this is like 2006 2007 and I just say, hey man, I want, I want to, I want to do the road. I want to open for you, and I want to write for you. And he made me like, you know, travel m- everywhere on my own and put myself up on my own. Um, and that's what I did until I sort of established myself as like a good feature form. And then we, and then I toured with him for four years. But, but I always think, and like Russell Peters, I asked him, I asked Chris, I asked, you know, I, I feel like it's a, a good thing to do. I th- feel like it's a good, a good next step for people. But also, some people don't want to do the road thing because it's very lonely. And particularly oh God, as a woman, it's, all it's I very. Do, it's all I care about. It's all you want to do? All I care about. Oh my God. That's why I don't fucking. I haven't been in a relationship for five years. Like, all I want to do is that. Yeah. That's all I care about. Like, <laughs> literally all I care about. Why like is it, Why the road? Why is that so I don't know. Because it's just like, it's just kind of in my, in my mind, I guess, because like I haven't done it. Like, the closest I've come is like doing like the La Jolla store or like yeah. fucking um, Phoenix or whatever. It's just like, to me, that's like being a comic. It's just yeah. like being lonely and doing the like going on the road, and I haven't done it yet. So it's like that thing. Where sure, I'm I get just that. Like I have to fucking do that, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm so dumb whenever it comes to that shit though. Like with the with the like asking people thing, I am like, for standards of a person that has actually asked people like that. You would think to yourself, like, if you had, like, been a fly on the wall and seen, like, my relationship with, like, the person, like, at least the person that I'm, like, thinking about asking, you would be, like, 
why didn't you ask two years ago? Are yeah. you, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, just ask. Sure. But I'm so weird about asking anybody anything of anyone. Sure. Because I'm like, the, then they'll have that on me that it's just, oh, it's such a problem with it. Like, I don't fucking, I don't want to ask anything of anyone. I don't ask for $5 from my mom. I don't want to ask for anything from anyone. That's what, probably why I have another boyfriend in so long. I don't want anybody to help me with anything because then they'll have that on me. So what I do you mean have that on you? I don't know, like have like a one up on me. Like, like if we, if, if you allow me to open for you tomorrow and then like the next day you get pissed at me because I don't text you back for a day or like I'm pissed at you and we get in an argument, then you look at me in that argument and you go immediately the human reaction is like, what have I done for this person? I let you do this because that's what you have on me. So it fucking, I don't like anybody having anything on me. It drives me insane. I get you're feeling that way. I also think that unless you're talking about a sociopath, <laughs> I don't think most headline comics would be that way. Like if Probably I were, not. If I, were, if I were to have you open for me, the only thing that I would want you to do is use that engagement to bring some people to the show <laughs> and also like just not bomb. Yeah. And yeah. even if you do bomb, it's like, I'll take, I'll clean it up. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I've had plenty of people I brought on the road who just fucking bomb. Wow. And it didn't, and it didn't like change my, as a matter of fact, sometimes it's good because they bomb and then you go up there and they go, okay, now we're, yeah. s- now we're safe. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but it happens <laughs> more often. Than God, I, I wouldn't, uh, I don't know, maybe just because I haven't been there yet and I'm not like. What about female comics? Are there are there female headliners that you're like, hey, I respect you. I would love to open for you. No. No, I would. Lo- I mean, wh- I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of Whitney. I am. But like, of course. I yeah. I've uh, been on the like technically, op- you know, not open, but like been on the lineup with her bef- before her at like flappers and shit like that. But like, I don't know her on a personal level. And you're whatsoever. not going to approach her and be like. Whitney. No, I don't know her well enough. This is my thing. Like, I don't. I have to like know you. Per- even when, even the people I know personally, people I've like the people I know the best personally, I have not yet. Yeah. So I'm like just on the cusp. But that's the first thing I want to do for like 2019 is be like, all right, just fucking ask these like buddies of yours. Like, ask them because yeah. I am fortunate enough to be friends with like some of the bigger people. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, I hope you do that. I think that's a very. I think yeah. you should get over wherever that initial thing. I one I've pretty much opened for everyone I've wanted to open for, but the, and everyone I've asked I've opened for, but I uh, Bobby Lee won't let me open for him because he's like, no, dude, fuck that, I'm not gonna let you open for me. Why? Because he, he's like, you do too well, I can't have you open. Um, <laughs> he actually I did open for him before, and I think he, whatever. Um, Bobby I've Lee is one of my favorite people. Of he's all time. fucking. He was my Literally first episode on this show. He's he's no way. Fucking is listen to his interview. He's incredible. But um, is Daniel Tosh, and I went up to Daniel Tosh, and I said, uh-huh. I was like a total fanboy. I think you're like really. Out. And he just looked <laughs> at me like with that crazy like bird like, <laughs> like I was a crazy person. He's like okay, and like walked away. Um, but anyway, I recommend you do that. So so the road thing, the pilot thing. Is there anything else on the vision board five year plan? Let's close this out with something nice and positive and uplifting. Five-year plan? I know it sounds so stupid to say. No, I'm no, not at all. I w- no, I want um, I want a. I want something I created to be on, on the TV. On the TV, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, one, of course, of course. <laughs> so, whatever it is, I haven't figured it out yet. I mean, I'm writing it. Hopefully, I'm writing it right now. But yeah, that's that's the plan right now. I just want to go 
on the road, constantly be on the road, and I also want um, something written by me to be created. Yeah. Um, and I also want to be in it because I'm not like past that yet. Even though you have no interest in acting, which is <laughs> hilarious to me. I do. I've never done it before. I would love, but I would love to like be my, you know, like fucking. Um, like the show Louie, obviously, yes. is that would be like the ideal. I would love something like that where I'm like writing it and it's also about, you know, the whole narcissistic dream where it's like of about you and your fucking stand up and all that kind of shit. And so. the name is your name. It's yeah, Stella. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Well, this is a good time for it right now in Hollywood. So I think the world is, is open for you if you want it. Yeah. Um, that's, now, is there anything else that you want to say? Is there anything you want to say to your to people listening or anything you want to plug or promote? Your handles? Uh, my handle. Are you back in the Instagram game full I'm time? Is it something that you're embracing <laughs> now? Or are you still shying? Yeah, no, it? I'm definitely. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere with the Instagram thing. If anything, I'll just delete the app for a, a while and <laughs> get away from it. But it's not driving me insane so far. Okay. Uh, yeah, my Instagram handle is Della Temple, which is just my name. It's not that exciting, and that's pretty much. And what would you say to the to someone listening to this who is in a small town? has a pipe dream for doing stand-up or entertainment and has not pulled the trigger what would you say to them like maybe the younger you five years ago or someone else if you really have talent hang out with people that are a lot older than you and soak up their information and get the fuck out of where you live that's good i like that <laughs> all right well Della, it's late thank you so much for coming out and yeah, hanging totally. out in my yard you're very cool i look forward to all the big things happening for you and look forward to your pilot. Word. Thank you. Signing off from the Afterlife. Bye-bye.